They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menzoir. You're blowing the mics. Yeah, pretty ladies around the world. Yeah. Got a weird thing to show you. Tell the boys and girls. Say, brother, your sister, and your mama, too. My mama. Because we're about to throw down, and you know what to do. Wave your hand in the air like you don't care. I glad the people at this stop and look and stare. Oh, do your dance, do your dance, do your dance. Quick, mama. Come on, baby, tell me what the word, a word up. Word up. Everybody word say out. word up. Word out. When you hear the call, you got a word up. Turn into a cat fight. What happened? Welcome, everybody. <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it down that fast. Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock, your cat-loving podcast <laughs> about sharing pieces of life-changing advice. And we try to squeeze it into a double nugget, right, Jim? Double nugget? What is that? That's about 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> never heard 10 minutes as a nugget. No? Listen, I'm going to ask you four questions. I want you to just rapid fire. Don't even think about it. What's your favorite fruit? Um, <laughs> apples. What's your worst Marvel superhero? Um... Shadow creature. <laughs> Whopper or impossible Whopper? <laughs> uh, I hate Burger King, so neither. We just lost him as a sponsor. Sorry. Thank you. What's the sport that you suck at but you wish you rocked? Um, I'm going to say women's lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Cannonball Kids Cancer. Let's do it. Thoughts that rock. Helps support Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. We know that they're amazing. We hope that you will check them out because you will find the same. Please go to their website, cannonballkidscancer.org, to see how you can get involved. Yeah, and we know how busy you are, by the way. Yep. I mean, just trying to take a moment to mm-hmm. get a little bit of leadership in your life. Tough to come by. They're right. very rare. And yep. honestly, it doesn't even matter what you're doing right now. Nope. You could be... Let's say walking aimlessly in the forest. I'm lost. Or maybe you're molding candle wax. Ow, my fingers. Or you could be preparing for a pre-shift at Susie Swirl. Yum. Doesn't really matter to us. We are about to give you the 20 minutes that you've been looking forward to all week. That's what she said. Let's rock it out. Our guest today is Elizabeth McCormick, who is a decorated U.S. Army Black Hawk pilot who flew air assault, uh, command and control, did some top secret intelligence missions, which she can't talk about, transported some high-level government VIPs. I mean, super, super impressive. First off, Elizabeth, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Us too. We um, we actually were introduced by our mutual friend, Phil Gerbyshack, you know, another great speaker friend who uh, we've had on the show. We, we know him fairly well. And uh, as we were just sort of chatting after the recording, he said, hey, I, I'd love for you to uh, talk to my friend Elizabeth McCormick. I go into your website and it's like, boom, 
Yeah. She is crushing it. All of a sudden, we feel like we've accomplished nothing Extremely in inadequate. <laughs> Extremely. That's how that works. Well, you know, I, I feel like that when I go to Phil's website, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah well, that's true. <laughs> His is like that, too. That's right. So yeah. um, we're obviously going to have your entire bio in the show notes, but uh, I'll just tell everybody out there, it's a can't misread. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have all that posted out there. But a couple of cool things that we did definitely want to mention, just sort of set the stage that we love. First off, she's uh, not in the military anymore. You transitioned from the military into corporate management and uh, now into your own world, entrepreneurship, we like to say. Um, Elizabeth is also the author of a must-read personal development book. Love this. It's called The Pilot Method, The Five Elemental Truths to Leading Yourself in Life. And PILOT is actually an acronym, P-I-L-O-T, which you can talk about if you want. And now she's a motivational business success speaker doing about 100, is that true, 100 plus engagements a year? Yeah, I just did 87. Wow, 87. So a slacker year year for this year. I get it. Yeah, well, December's looking up, so it's okay. Well, are you going to be able to squeeze in 13? That's 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 it. what we want to know. Yeah, it'll be close. It'll be close. But I did did 158 a couple years ago, so my, my, my average is... Yeah, that was too much. That is crazy. Yeah, you're man, you're on the road then all the time. And just looking at the stuff that you've done, we've not had a chance to meet yet, but I know you focus a lot on leadership and safety and sales and team building and professional development. And I think also a lot of stuff on personal growth. Obviously, that's a part of your book as well. But really, Elizabeth is considered an authority on leadership and military and veterans issues. And she's frequently seen on all the major TV and cable channels for various segments, I would guess. But honestly, you know, in addition to just, you know, thank you so much for your service. Mm-hmm. You know, what an unbelievable career that you've had. You, you got to be pinching yourself just looking at the things that you get a chance to do now, right? Oh, yes. And the thing about it is, is I had no idea when I was serving that I would be doing any of these of course. things. <laughs> of course. I had no idea. So it's, it's kind of like surreal in that way. Well, I mean, everybody knows there's just a massive amount of opportunity for females to be flying Black Hawk helicopters in the right. Army. It's just dime a dozen <laughs> right. these they're days, everywhere. right? They're Gosh, everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every I, grocery store every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, no, you know. There's, there's not very many now, and there no. definitely weren't very many when I was in, uh, we won't say how many years ago. Couple, just a few. Right. Well, you're, yeah. you are definitely uh, breaking the old glass ceiling, as they say, in a lot of areas. And I know you talk about some of this stuff, both in your book and on stage. And, you know, if you're familiar with what we do, we try and we try and break a few rules here. We don't do the uh, traditional interview style that you probably hear on a lot of other podcasts. We love to get right to the point of sharing these these nuggets of advice. And so we're going to leave the floor open to you, Elizabeth. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock. My thought that rocks is that we all need to fly. Mm. But fly means first lead yourself. I like, I like it. Yeah. I like that. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? We like we it. We like it. I like to fly. Not a clue. Yeah. It's yes. easy, right? It's easy. It's easy to remember. Yes. So, uh, you know, here's the thing. We we go through life and we respond and we react. And I call that being on autopilot most of the time. Most of us most of us are just responding to what comes through an email and we're responding to what someone else does. And instead of being being that one in the lead, 
being the one in the front, being the one that's taking a risk, being the one that's standing up when no one else will stand up for something, being the one that's being an advocate for themselves yeah. in in their life, in their health, in their their job, you know, and no matter what in your business, you know, no matter what you do, you've got to lead yourself. Because yeah. if you lead yourself, others will follow because it is so rare and so exceptional nowadays. Yeah. And so when you say this, I would assume first off, you know, you probably grabbed a lot of this from the time that you were in the military. But what what is the context? Like, why why did you pick that as your thought? I Because I we both think this is brilliant. We agree with you. Where did that come from? So it's funny because I never like had this framework around it when I was in the military, but that's what I did. I, I, you know, the recruiter told me you can't, you know, you can't do this. The flight, the flight doctor is like, little girl, don't you know it's hard? <laughs> uh, uh, the, Brant the says flight, that to me all the time. <laughs> oh, well, the little girl part I can see. Right. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the flight instructor tried to fail me. His was because of gender bias. Hmm. Uh, you know, all the way through everyone was against me yep. and everyone else didn't believe they did not, they not only didn't believe in me, they just didn't believe it was even possible. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's in, when you're in those situation of, of overwhelming obstacles where everything feels against you, sometimes the only person you can believe in is yourself. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that also give up then too. So yeah. Kind, kind of against my nature to give up. I I had to find the way to persevere when things got tough. And they, I will tell you, the the entire seven and a half years I served in our United States Army was obstacle drama constantly, all yeah. the way through to being injured at the end during during while supporting Kosovo mm-hmm. um, in Germany. And as a single parent, I mean, just everything I went through was either drama or obstacle or difficulty or, and everyone and always with resistance. And, you know, there's sometimes when you're faced with resistance that there's a reason there's resistance. And I didn't, I call it potential zone in my speech because the potential zone, you got to stand firm to that when everything else is running against you. And so if you know something is possible and everyone else is being resistant, then it's still possible. Yeah. It's how you react in all those situations that makes a difference. But I will tell you, if I, I, if I did not go through all the junk (laughs) I went through for seven and a half years, what would I be talking about now? Yeah. You wouldn't be where you are. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious. I mean, listen, when you, when you come out of high school, I'm assuming, and you decide this is the direction you want to take, this is the route you want to take, and you're faced with not just not just a choice that, that some would view as a difficult choice in and of itself just to join the military and, and sort of get into that mindset and serve and take on something that's, that's bigger than yourself, um, but to do it in the, uh, the path that you chose where there really wasn't a whole bunch of any female role models for you to look at and say, look at what they're doing. Um, and I, and sort of making you believe that this is even possible. So you are sort of going into a place where you are going to have to lead first because no one has gone before you to do some of the things that you were able to accomplish. She's the role model. She is. My, my question is where did that come from? Is that, is it your, did you grow up with your parents 
filling you with the belief that you could do this? Did it come from school? Did it come from, you know, where did you develop the belief system to, to attack something with fervor that really it was an unknown or an uncharted path at that point? Yeah, I'll say there's three things. My parents divorced when I was 10 years old in a time when, you know, this was 1980. Mm-hmm. It was a time when there weren't many divorced families in our street yet. Sure. You know, it, it got it got more prevalent. So, uh, but we were like the first divorced family in the school, in the street, in the family of, on both sides. It, it was it was a tough time, and I saw it was a lot harder for them. They were happier, but it was a lot harder for them to be apart than be together. And they struggled. So my dad owned a construction company, and it was a lot of struggle. He ended up moving to Texas from Michigan, where we lived, and being far away from his his children to be able to better support his family. And and I saw that. And then I worked on the summers when I came down to visit in Texas, where it's hot <laughs> in the summertime. I would he put me on the construction crews. I was 12 years old and scraping paint, <laughs> and out on the you know out in the in 120 degree heat, you know. I was out there with him and he never said, you're a girl, you can't do this. He never said that. He's like, you're work, you're working just like everybody else. Now he would give me a a possible, a safer role. I wasn't out there with the, you know, nail gun, but at 12 or 13 years old, Sure. but, but I was out there. And then on the other hand, flip side, my mom, single parent working, working lots of hours. And both my parents went to school as non-traditional students that I saw them working full time, going back to school, trying to better their circumstances, trying to do better. And it was hard. I mean, I saw the struggle. And the thing is, when you grow up in in those impressionable years, seeing adults struggle like that, you, you really believe become instilled in belief that, that you have a responsibility to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have a responsibility to show up at your best. And, and I really, I had that, but on the flip side is I grew up really shy. <laughs> hmm. You wouldn't be able I to was, tell looking at your videos. Yeah. Oh gosh. no! I grew up so shy. I wouldn't call my own hairdresser for an appointment. I would make my mom call. <laughs> I, it was awkward, painful, you know, and it wasn't until I went to college before I joined the military and I went, went off to college on a volleyball scholarship. Hmm. So sports, sports helped, um, you know, volleyball scholarship and being involved in athletics and that I really came out of, out of that shyness and realized that who I want to be in this world, uh, is not going to happen being shy. Mm-hmm. And so again, I led myself, I said, okay, I'm not going to be shy. So I'm kind of task oriented, little type A personality, maybe just a little teeny bit. <laughs> and so I would say, okay, I'm going to go meet five new people. And I'd treat it like a task yep, I love it. <laughs> because, you know, that's my personality is I needed a task. So uh, when I worked in a corporate job, I would be, okay, 10 o'clock, I'm going to walk around and talk to people, like totally counterintuitive to getting things done. But it was also part of getting things done requires a w- cooperation and rapport with other people. And that was part a skill I had to develop within myself to be more successful. Well, and you use the word perseverance, which for us, we had a, uh, a previous guest on the show, Keith Overton, who is the, uh, the president and CEO of Tradewinds Resort Hotel. It's over in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And that was his big thought when he was on the show. He said, listen, if you can persevere, it'll trump 
all other attributes and skills and, and what you've done, you know, and, and certainly I, I would guess it's become a whole lot easier, but starting off, particularly when you got into the military is you said, nothing's going to keep me down. You've got that work ethic from your, your family, even though there were some obstacles going on, but you certainly have not allowed any obstacle to get in your way. You, you've been able to not only blast right through that, but actually have used it as a strength now. Honestly, I would not be able to tell. This happens to me as well. I was probably more <laughs> of an introvert when I was growing up. But when you're on stage, you know, you sort of take on a different life. But then it also becomes, I think, part of your your regular characteristics. Oh, you know, I call it an adaptive personality. You can adapt for your, your whatever environment you're in if you're in it long enough. Yeah. And so now I'm so used to not being shy, that shy girl still in the heart, you know, I can yeah. still sit back and watch a room go by and watch people all day long. Sure. And I, and I need that, you know, quiet time to recharge my batteries. Like, you know, I, I being around people only for so long sometimes, mm -hmm. but you know, it's just, I just knew it wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go. And when you have that feeling and you're feeling that you really got to listen to that inner voice and, and honor it and, and, uh, you know, try to try to move your compass to well, where you need to be. And if you go back to your thought where you say we all need to fly and, and we I actually wrote that down. That's an acronym, right? Where you're saying FLY is first lead yourself. You know, yeah. there's a reason why they tell you on airplanes to put the oxygen mask on first before you assist others, because if you're if you pass out, you're of no use to anybody if you're incapacitated. So I think to take it to you know, that, that, uh, leadership mentality is you've got to be so secure with yourself, lead yourself, know yourself, what your strengths, your weaknesses, whatever it is before you can jump out there and lead other people. And I think, again, I'm just looking at, at some of the things that you talk about, particularly with your book, that's the whole idea, right? First, you've got to be so confident Brandt, as Demi Lovato would say, <laughs> that's, I, I worked in Demi Lovato today. Oh. But, 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 you know, that's that whole idea. You got to be so secure with yourself before you can lead other people, right? Well, nobody wants to follow a wishy washy leader. I right. mean, really? It's I true. mean, and if you, so, you know, even if, uh, you know, and I talk about, you know, authentic leadership, and, but the fact is, some, sometimes we have to fake it a little bit. We might yeah. have a little bit of doubt hiding inside of us, but we have to, you know, do the right thing for the company or, and say the right things. And, and you say it with confidence and people will follow. Yeah. And, and, but that really comes up with a level of self-awareness and uh, some self-discovery that I don't think everyone's done nowadays. And I see, I see a lot of, and then that that's when they just want to follow someone else. And yeah. I did it for a while. When I got out of the military, I got in, out of the military because I was injured and I was broken. I mean, I was, physically injured i was emotionally spent and because you know it's just not a good thing <laughs> getting out of the military from an injury yeah and i i just needed i needed to be on autopilot i needed to heal emotionally mentally physically and every spiritually every single way i was so broken in that time yeah. that i look back and i don't i have very little recollection or memory of all the things that that i was doing because I just did the next thing. I just, you know, I punched the clock at work. I did my job. I, you know, in a corporate, corporate America. And I, you know, came home that night and I picked up my daughter from daycare and I, you know, spent the evening with her and I, and 
did the whole thing the next day. And I, it probably took me three years of working a job and punching a clock before I started to, to gain my self-awareness back. Right. Yeah. And the, and the thing that came out of that is I had to forgive myself for that. I had to allow myself that space and peace to, to heal and not be, well, gosh, I waste, I wasted three years. I could have been speaking three years sooner. I could have been, mm-hmm. no, I needed that. And yeah. we need, we need to be kinder to ourselves in those situations that are difficult. Well, I think it's, I mean, so when I was in corporate America and, and working with, you know, a sales team, a telesales team of a few hundred people, you know, one of the things that we would always look for when we were hiring is people with, with past military experience. And, and this is something that in our case, it's really what we wanted, but in your case here, it actually can, can be a bit, I can see it being a bit of a detriment in that, you know, one of the things that we loved about people who have come out of the military is they're used to taking orders and fulfilling the orders. So, so you give them direction and you don't have to sit there and hover over them. They're going to actually do what you ask them to do. And I don't have to worry (laughs) about it. Right. Right. Um, Unlike some of the other folks that we would hire, where we'd give them instruction and then, you know, it's, it's 10 times a day checking in. What are you doing? Have you, you know, why aren't you doing this? Oh, I'll get to it. You know what I mean? And it was just, it was never a priority. Um, but, but in this idea of first lead yourself, and, and I can even see this factoring into you getting out of the military. Um, if you're in a position where you've been told what to do for a very long period of time, it takes a minute to sort of break out of that to start to say, okay, now I, I'm in charge. <laughs> now I get to lead. And what does that look like? Because for people who don't you know, become an officer or don't end up getting into a leadership role in the, in the traditional sense in the military or out of the military, for that matter, if you're just a worker bee and you're doing your work and you get your work done and you're amazing, but you've never been given the opportunity to lead, um, when you first are given that opportunity, it's, it, it takes a minute to get your feet underneath you because you're so used to just executing on orders that you don't have a chance to really do that strategic thinking, that thought leadership of what, what it's going to look like for you to now be in the driver's seat. And I would imagine that had to play a little bit of a role for you of sort of decompressing and, and sort of deprogramming yourself um, from maybe what you had, had experienced over the last seven years into, okay, now I get to call the shots. What is that? I get to choose what this is going to look like. What type of experience am I going to provide people that follow? follow me. Um, and it took some time for you to find what that was, I would imagine. Is that, is that right? Uh, yeah. You know, there is a definite, oh, definite deep programming. I always, um, I, I've been on, on all kinds of networks about veterans issues. And, and one of the things that's always been talked about, especially when, when something happens with a PTSD situation mm-hmm. or something on, it makes the big news is, is that, you know, the military will spend, you'll go through, like for me, I went through eight weeks of basic training. I went through six weeks of warrant officer candidate school. I then 42 weeks of flight school. And I went through all this training to get into the military and get into my job. And then when it was time to leave, it was like two weeks out processing by, mm, yeah. you know, so and they don't really, and it's such an insulated society. Yeah. 
within the military. You live on on base housing. They take care of your utilities. They yep. take care of the you know they they take care of their own, which they need to do because when things you know get dirty, yep. you have to you have to know that things are taken care of. Yes, and so they do that on purpose, but it also really doesn't prepare for integration back in with everybody else. Yeah. I think the the biggest thing I struggled with um, at that time, I think that also made made it kind of harder easier for me to stay in autopilot at that time was that you know i got out of the mil in the military you're only in one place two to three years yeah and because and you're with people that you trained with that you trust because you've all received the same training so you make friends and your friends become your family quickly because you only have a short amount of time with them you get out of the military and i got into my corporate job and what i found out is that they all they went to school here they have friends from school here they yeah. already have their friends and here i am a stranger who do, how can you know they yeah. don't need any more friends yeah and it again it, it probably about the same time that i started stopped operating on autopilot and increased my self-awareness was about the same time i started making friends too mm. because it just took that long for um for people to know hey she's pretty cool she's not going anywhere you yeah. know yeah so and, and create a level of trust that in the military is almost instantaneous because of the shared experiences that you have. So it's it's a re, it's, it was a really interesting transition, and I and I see a lot of veterans I str- really struggle in that transition um, well, into like the civilian you, world. Well, and and like you said, I mean, you do all this great training and onboarding and preparation coming in, but then going out, it's it's a quicker off ramp, right? And then there's all kinds of struggles and obstacles and again i know that this is you know they they call on you to have an expert voice as to what that feels like and you personally have gone through part of that a little bit differently obviously with your with you going out just because of the medical but you know it it does make me think all the time when you're saying you got to first lead yourself and you can do that especially i I think you use the word self-aware if you've got the time and the space and the ability to be self-aware perhaps it'll help you as you exit out of the military. But for those that don't get that opportunity to your point, Brant, they're sitting there going, well, now what? Yeah. Like they're trying to figure it out. They might not even have a job prepared or family that's ready for them or working in a business environment. It's almost the exact opposite. I think. Um, and I think you were making this point earlier, Brant, about leadership. And I've seen, you know, in Idaho, there's a huge community of, of seals. Mm-hmm. So people that are in special ops, they they almost can't work for somebody else. Like they've gotten to the point that they've got to be an <laughs> yeah. entrepreneur for yeah. probably all the reasons that we can probably think. But you're right. I think if you're, you know, let's just say going through the motions and you've been taking orders and you haven't had the ability to move into a leadership role, it's probably a lot harder when, when they come out, unfortunately. So um, real quick, I wanted to ask you too, Elizabeth, I know that I mentioned at the beginning uh, of the show, your book, I know we, I talked about the singular book, The Pilot Method, but I know you've got this other you know, this book series, The Sword of Success. Can you talk about two things? One, what is the Sword of Success series? And then the acronym PILOT, uh, what does that stand for? Okay, so first we'll do the PILOT. So PILOT is the five elements of truth leading yourself in life. And the P is about potential. So it comes right down to how do you have that inner belief, the inner compass, the, the confidence to show up even when everyone's against you. So it's that dives super deep into mindset and ability and, and belief systems. Great. I is about implementation because if you believe in something, but you don't do anything with it, 
there's a there's there's a problem, yes. right? Yes. So you gotta you gotta do the things that you believe in and act on it. So it's uh, all about implementation. L is is leadership. So I have a simple framework for leadership underneath that. That's communicate, aviate, navigate. So super simple to yeah. re- to remember and yeah. work on. O is optimal performance, and that one's super key because everybody talks about peak performance. But as a pilot, you don't want peak because when there's a peak, there's a valley, there's a high, there's a low, and we have average. And do you want to fly with an average pilot today? No. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. Not today. (laughs) So uh, it's all about how do you maintain and sustain a higher level of optimal performance and so it's all about that sustainability and how can you do that? And the, and the bottom line on that one is, and I call it the tough love portion, you got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't lead other people if your personal life, if your physical health, your emotional state is a mess. Yep. Yep. So that goes right back taking, to your thought. Yep. Taking care of yourself. And T is about tenacity. It's about not giving up even when things get hard. And there's lots of examples all throughout the book on that of different situations I was in where it would have been way easier to just quit and give up than to persevere and hang hang tough through it. Yeah, great. Great. So, and so that's a, I have that book at pilotmethod.com. If you want an autographed copy, you can yes, purchase that at pilotmethod.com. And then the other one I have, I actually written a total of 18 other books, uh, all little business success books, 50 tips to communication, 50 tips to help the organizational culture, 50 tips to improve your website, 50 tips to sales and marketing, all these different business success books all in that are bite-sized chunks, easy to read, uh, that you can actually get through in one sitting nice. and, uh, have a whole series of those. So I have a corporate set and I have an entrepreneur set and bundle them with a, a, a little gift bag and, and to sell those at events or, or online. So smart. I love that. And okay. now Brant between us, we have two books, right? You have one <laughs> and I have one. <laughs> Again, slackers. <laughs> Last time I checked, neither one of us can fly a helicopter either. They're right. So. Well, you know, I don't like to sleep much. (laughs) Apparently (laughs) not. Yeah. So let me get this straight. I'm looking. How many websites do you have? You have pilotmethod.com. You have (laughs) pilotspeaker.com. You have your inspirationalspeaker.com. Just punch in anything on the internet and it gets to a list. I'm cooler than (laughs) you.com. She owns that domain. <laughs> That's right. So my company, my company is Soar to Success with a number two in the middle. Yes. So uh, that one kind of that one kind of has everything. Okay. Because I also because I pub- I did so many tip books, I figured out the process. So we started a publishing company that publishes tip books for other people. Oh, nice. Um, that that I have I have someone else that runs that on a day to day basis for me, and so you know I have. A lot of a lot of different things going on, and a lot of different websites, but everything leads to one of the other ones. So yeah. no matter where you get to, you get to me. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> all right, then we'll we'll put all of that in the show notes. But definitely, um, if you were saying if somebody was looking to buy books, um, perhaps just learn a little bit more about you, hire you to speak, um, in workshops, whatever it is, sort of success with the number two in the middle would be the place to send them. dot com. That that is our the center spoke of the wheel of Elizabeth's business. Awesome. Awesome. And and last thing on here, too, as we start to wrap up, I I know that um, I I thought I had heard through the grapevine that you were doing a new TV show, that there was something in development. Is that is that still happening? Are you the host of something that you can announce here? 
Uh, well, kind of. It's, it's kind of hush-hush. Top hush. secret. We have. Top secret, I could tell you, but I'd have to. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. we have th- we have three listeners, Elizabeth. So <laughs> oh, okay. It's basically top oh, secret. Oh, One right. of them's Phil, so he already knows. <laughs> and then the two of you, right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, so it's in the vault. It's in the vault. Uh, so I, I have signed contracts with a production company to be the host of a new show about veterans that's in development. I would oh, be nice. the, weekly, the weekly host of the show. Um, it is very exciting. It also is a very slow process, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm finding, and it's, it's in the development and funding phase. We have a couple networks that are interested. Um, they want a pilot. The pilot costs a lot of money. So the production company is in charge, not me. Otherwise – It'd be done. Yes, but, of um, <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I'm the talent. So I, the production company's um, on, in the, on the controls, as we say, with that. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So if you want to find out all about that as it happens, because I have an awesome contract that gives me rights to behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. views and all kinds of fun things like that, that when it happens, um, you know, follow me on all things social. Yeah, we'll love that. Fortunately, she has a method. Yes. The pilot. <laughs> I, I see what you did. You see there. what I did there. I did. Uh, nice. That's why I get paid the big bucks. It is yeah. funny. I we've had um, one or two people that have had some TV shows in development, and uh, you know they probably talked to us about it six months ago before we actually you know wound up getting the our own podcast started and got them on the air. And sure enough, they said still in development. Like yeah. they can't talk about it. It takes forever. TV is the one area that just takes a while, but. We have faith, and, and if you're involved in it, you're going to crush it like it seems like you're doing everything. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> this is great. Well, we're so thankful that you just took a few moments to give us a couple uh, just bite-sized pieces of, of advice, and uh, that's what our show is all about, and you certainly have laid on some of that in uh, for, for our audience. So we can't thank you enough for just spending a little bit of time with us. It was an honor to be here, to have served our country, and hopefully I get to share a stage with one or both of you at some point. That would be awesome. That would, would be great. That. Yeah. Amazing. That would be cool. And I know you're in Florida and we're in Texas a lot, so hopefully that'll happen one day. That's it. Absolutely. Well, good. We'll look for you down the road, and uh, we can't thank you enough, and congrats on all the success. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. Rock you on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on.